It's 173. Let's go. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. This podcast was created so that you would have direct access to the true stories of what it's like being a businesswoman, the real true journey of very savvy, very smart businesswomen. If you love these stories, then make sure you go to bizwomenrock.com and opt in so that you can get updated on all the latest podcast interviews, as well as how you can become a more active part of the whole Biz Women Rock community, which kind of rocks. So go to bizwomenrock.com. If ever there were a story that I could dub the American dream, this would be it. My guest today is Tanya Lewis, and she invented the green glider mop pad. If you have ever used a Swiffer uh, to mop your floor and have wanted it to work a lot better and have really resented the fact that you have to buy the little things over and over again, that was exactly what got to Tanya when she decided that she was going to create something that was a lot more environmentally friendly, reusable, and something that actually worked a heck of a lot better. That's why she invented the Green Glider. Um, in this conversation, she really goes through uh, what, how she came up with the idea, but the whole process that's happened. She knew nothing about launching a product and building a business, and the wisdom that this woman has gained over these years is tremendous. Um, some interesting points that she talks about are how she actually raised capital um, and how she got investors on board, how she pitched to them, uh, and was able to raise about $312,000 in her very first year, and why she decided to take on investors to do that. Um, how she got onto QVC and the uh, impact that that had, and how she recently got into Walmart and how it's so, that's just the starting point. That is the most exciting part of this entire conversation is that everything that you're about to hear is really um, leading up to why she's just really starting, which is so exciting. The passion that this woman has is infectious and she is just a very, very amazing businesswoman. So let's get rolling with Tanya. Tanya, what is going on, girl? Thanks so much for being on the show. Hi. Oh, just uh, keeping busy, that's for sure. <laughs> it's like the inventor's life, like always busy, always trying to move things. It's the business owner's life too. Um, thanks mm -hmm. thanks so much for being here. I'm uh, I'm very excited to tell your story and uh, you got some really cool stuff going on with Green Glider right now that I'm really excited to have everyone here. Um, but as always, I want to start a little bit at the beginning. I want to start as to where this idea came from in the first place. What in the heck were you doing in life when you came up with the idea of the green glider? Well, um, I had a, uh, a baby and I was a stay at home mom and I worked, I did part-time graphic design work from home. Um, so I, you know, was home all the time and my baby was getting to the age where he was going to start to crawl on the floor. And so I realized that I was going to have to start cleaning the floor <laughs> more often um, because everything <laughs> on the floor would stick to his little hands and go straight into his mouth because that's what babies do. They put everything in their mouths, especially their fingers. So um, we had a dog at the time, so this dog care that needed to be picked up um, more often than, than you normally would if you didn't have uh, a baby's face and hands all over the floor all day long. So 
I went out and I bought this Swiffer and I realized very quickly that um, I was going to have to commit to buying um, the disposable mop pads uh, over and over. And I really, I didn't like that. I felt tricked. I felt like, okay, I love this mop, but now I have to have these uh, repeat purchases of these horrible pads that I hate. So I decided to start to look for something that was reusable and washable. And I just searched online, searched and searched. I couldn't find anything. And I really, I looked hard because I was determined not to buy the boxes of disposables over and over. And what I did find online, even though I couldn't find any uh, washable or reusable mop pads for the slipper, I found this massive shared hatred of the disposables. Really? Of, of people, people just like me looking for the same thing I was looking for. Yeah, and so I realized that there was a demand for it, a huge demand. I mean, all over, like, mom's forums and uh, mommy bloggers and just, you know, because the moms are the people who are cleaning their floors more than anybody, uh, moms and pet owners. And so I was both. I had a very, uh, a, a dog with very long hair, and the hair was just always on the floor. I was constantly sleeping up, plus I had a baby, um, everything that, underneath the high chair three meals a day three times a day I was mopping so you know you're 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 cleaning up after the dog after the child but you also want to keep the floor clean for the baby because um you know of course their face and hands are all over the floor which you know you, you don't really think of it as uh um something we, we normally as adults you know we're not going to be all over the floor with our face down on the floor right <laughs> right right uh, especially hard for and uh, but that's what happens to babies are crawling and that's where they're at so you want to keep it as clean and sanitary as possible for them um so so when i found out that there was such a demand for it i thought well if nobody else is going to do it then i will and i originally started making my product the green glider mop pad for my own use and um then it kind of evolved into uh making them and selling them and you know it was my neighbors, friends, relatives, anybody came over to my house would see them and, and instantly wanted them because they were feeling the same frustrations I was with the repeat purchases of the Swiffer pads that don't even work. Right. Well, how many iterations did you go through in the prototype? Like it, when you were first making it for yourself, like how many times did it take you for, for you to like get it right? Well, the very first one was made out of chamois. And what makes Green Glider different, first of all, is that it combines microfiber to clean and chamois to absorb. Microfiber cleans, but it doesn't absorb. Chamois absorbs, but doesn't clean. So you put them together and you have the perfect product. It just makes sense. So my first one was made out of just chamois. And I realized that, well, this is absorbing, but it's not really picking up any dirt. Um, So I thought, well, microfiber is porous and liquid goes right through it, but it captures the dirt. So I thought, well, I'll just put, I'll make like a pocket and I'll put the uh, chamois inside and the microfiber can be on the bottom. As you're mopping, it captures the dirt, the liquid goes up through it and gets absorbed by the chamois. So the first one was made out of, of chamois. The second one was when I nailed it and I'm like, oh, this is it. This is it. So basically after that, I was just designed. The concept was there. The utility was there. So after that, it was about designing it for retail, okay, so because the first one looked like, you know, was made, it looked like something that you would find in a flea market, you know, <laughs> that was totally, totally, totally homemade. homemade. <laughs> gotcha. 
So, um, so you know, when you finally are like, okay, this works for me. This is great. I have, I have, you know, something that is actually quality. It works. Um, people are coming and asking you for it all the time. What was that moment in which you were like, okay, I actually need to like take this to market. Like this actually needs to be big. So, what was that moment, and what were your first steps? Um, well, I realized it very quickly, um, and. I didn't know what to do. I, I, I did my first steps were, um, let's try to find, uh, somebody who can help me because I had no idea how to bring it to market. Uh, and I looked and, and searched for help. Um, and there is no manual on how to bring a product to market and especially to retail. I mean, generally you have to hire consultants who, who have all the secrets and, um, you know, there's, there's really, so, but I didn't know this at first. I thought that, well, there's got to be a way. There's got to be something, some sort of research I can do. And I was looking and looking, and I couldn't find anything. And so I thought, well, um, maybe I can just sell the idea or the prototype system to, like, a licensing company, and they can figure it out, and I can just collect the royalty. So I tried that avenue, and that didn't work either. Um, the licensing company that I worked with just wasn't able to they just didn't put enough effort, I don't think, and just really didn't. There was no branding yet. So how were how how were you going to be able to connect with your customers if you didn't do any of the branding, right? Um, or the brand identity work, actually. So um, <clears throat> after a couple of months of trying with a uh, licensing company, I decided I'm like, well, I'm going to do this by myself. Well, I'm going to figure it out. And for a few months after that, I just really just kind of search for a way to, to do this. And somebody gave me a business card and said, hey, you know, these people might be able to help you. And it was a business card for a CEO space. And um, so I went to one of their meetings, and then I uh, ended up going to their forum and learned everything that I needed to learn in one place, how wow. to get the product off the ground, get it patented, get the business, uh, business plan written, um, bring on the team, figure out the proper sequence in order to start a business and grow the business, how to raise capital, um, how to get your product branded, all of the branding uh, and brand identity work. Um, I learned how to do all of that. So, so everything sort of came together with just from joining that organization because there really um, wasn't any other way. Right. And it was <laughs> all know, the you information you needed. Yeah, everything. Like classes, resources, um, mentors, everybody, everything that I needed was all in one place. So as you were getting everything closer and like taking these steps to kind of like get the business plan ready, get, you know, all of your ducks in a row in order to have this done, what um, did you start right away with like getting it officially, like getting packaging done, having it um, you know, being able to be made somewhere so that people could actually order? Like, like what, what were the final kind of steps that you did in order to have it ready for somebody to purchase it and, and actually work? The packaging kind of came last because um, before I did any packaging, I had to do the branding work. And the branding is very important because not only do you have to have a logo, which isn't really your brand. You, you know, I mean, people think that your logo is your brand, but it's not um, – I've learned that, because I didn't mind the logo, but I didn't know what it stood for. What right. does Green Gardens stand for? You know, uh, who are we marketing to? Who are, are our brand ambassadors? Who's going to champion our brand? Um, what are their thoughts? How do they feel? 
how do I find them? You know, I mean, all of these things that are, are things that are unearthed and uncovered when you do your branding work. So the packaging really um, had to revolve the graphics and, and all of the messages that are is, uh, in your packaging and, and like on your website sign all have to kind of flow from uh, one marketing piece into another with the same messages. Otherwise, you're going to confuse people. So I, I had to do the branding first, but um, in the meantime, yeah, finding manufacturing was a challenge because I knew that I, I, well, I found out that I had to have it made overseas because we don't really have textile mills here in the United States. Uh, now, they can assemble it in the United States, but you still have to ship all of the fabrics and all of the materials here to have it assembled, which doesn't make any sense because uh, um, by that time, you know, you really can't resell it because you're so... Um, you know, caught up with with high costs of of, of, of all of that. Um, how did you so how, I, how did you come across the actual textile mills? Because that, that would seem like a little intimidating. Yeah. Like, okay, now I got to go it overseas was. to actually have this created. Mm-hmm. Where in the heck mm-hmm. do you start with that? How, how did you find those? Well, um, I I started out with uh, I found a, a, like a, a sourcing agent um, originally who. So, you know, they had a relationship with um, some factories. So um, I used a U.S. sourcing agent to kind of get rid of the communication uh, problems between, you know, myself and, and the factory owners in China. And, and that way they, they just basically took care of um, the communication and um, the quality control and all of the things over there. So it's really worth it uh, versus going straight to a Chinese manufacturer that you might find online uh, and trying to work with them one-on-one because that's just so difficult. And so that's kind of how I started. And and then after, and it's kind of funny, after I did that, after I went through a sourcing agent, I actually was introduced to a Chinese um, manufacturer personally and met the owner who actually wasn't even Chinese. So he spoke perfect English, which was great. He just lived in China and um, owned the company, ran the company. He lived, um, he had an office in China and one in the United States. So he was always back and forth, which was great. And so I, you know, was able to work directly with a Chinese factory for a while, but then eventually went, um, and I was introduced to, to them by the same, uh, person who worked with the factory on what was called the Orange Glow and like floor cleaning system and the bottom uh, mop system. Mm-hmm. So those two systems were made by this manufacturer called Aquastar, and, and so they were already familiar with, with microfiber and cleaning products. Um, and my uh, this guy who is the he, he worked with me on my uh, DRTV infomercial introduced me. And because they were both actually born in Europe, so they worked together on the Bona and the Orange Glow um, campaigns and manufacturing. So I kind of that's how I got together with him. But then I en- ended up going back to the sourcing agent because it's just really difficult trying to work overnight. Um, but I still had to work with some of the Chinese uh, employees, and um, there was still some communication problems. And I, you know, there were twelve hours. Difference from 
uh, from us. So it was difficult trying to work with them in the middle of the night. So working with a sourcing agent was definitely the way to go for me. Yeah, yeah, so that makes a lot of that sense. With a different company. Now, yeah. were you? How were you funding all this? Were you funding this yourself? Well, no. Uh, I I learned how to raise capital um, through CEO space. I just basically, I mean, you know, keep bringing it up, but that's just really where it all kind of came together for me. But I didn't. I knew that I was going to need money, but I didn't know where it was going to come from. Of course, you know, banks and financial institutions aren't going to give you anything if you're uh, thinking of starting your own business and you have the product to bring the market, forget it. You've got to raise some money either through friends and family um, or, you know, and then and then move on to the next level, which would be um, putting your offering documents together, actually having stock in your company to sell to investors. So I learned how to do that and um, present it to investors, um, pri- private investors. It was a private offering and raised money that way um, to get it going. So I raised a total of $312,000 in like the first year. And that money is just what I use to build up inventory, do all of my branding work, my legal work, everything that you needed. Um, if you were going to do it the way I did it and, and it may not have, and everybody else's business may not be identical to mine. Um, but I really wanted to do it right. So I wanted to have all the pieces in place because I, you know, I think being capitalized is properly capitalized is very important. And in order to attract the investors, you have to be able to show them your business plan, you have to be able to show them your financial projections and understand them. So there was a lot of learning, you know, and I didn't have a, a business degree. I didn't have any of that. I had to learn from scratch because I, I, I really uh, knew very little, even though I worked for myself doing graphic design work, it was a whole different ballgame when you go from a sole proprietorship just providing a service to actually um, building a company to have a product to sell in stores. Right. Um, how many pitches did it take you to how many people or how many times did you have to really do your pitch in order for you uh, before you got your first investor? Oh, well, um, probably... 25 I'm guessing wow. <laughs> it took a while it took a while and I got in front of a lot of investors before I started really raising money because I had to learn how to speak yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I couldn't talk I mean I would I had a fear of talking in front of people and especially crowds because I did a lot of my presentations in front of you know groups of investors right. so or potential investors or people who are just interested who I knew um and so I had to learn how to speak the language of that investors speak, which is capital language. And I didn't know enough in the very beginning about speaking to the money, about talking about the financials. Um, I had to learn. So it was kind of a, a learning process. I had to learn the business plus learn how to speak at the same time. And finally, when I was able to comfortably talk in front of people and talk about the business and, um, why this is a good investment for an investor and what uh, types of return they're going to get. Until I learned how to, to do that, I, I wasn't going to raise any money. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, uh, because you know, the investors, they know, they have very specific questions that they need to have answered in order for them to see this as a, as a viable, viable investment. And um, they needed to know that I felt confident and could actually answer their questions properly. 
right. before they would say, okay, yeah, this is some, this is a, a company, this is a person who um, I want to shepherd my money. How did you find the investors in the first place? I mean, even 25 times means that you were talking to, well, sounds like more than 25 people. Um, oh, yeah. You know, like, how are you actually sourcing these people? How are you finding them in the first place? And how are you get it, getting a, an audience in front of them? You know, and, and you do that through going to um, networking groups and finding um, and, and, and allowing people to know that you're going to have a like an in-room presentation. Um, you can set up lunches, set up uh, meetings um, at a restaurant, you know, with a table full of people who you can, you know, just say, you know, um, come, I'll buy you lunch, uh, sit and listen to what I have to say. Uh, and, you know, see if anybody has any interest. Um, I've actually gone to meetings that were set up specifically for investors uh, to come to to listen to um, maybe one or two different or three different companies pitch. Got it. So you, you got to be connected, really. Um, the first couple of investors that I brought on were friends of mine, friends and family, people who I was acquainted with, and... Those were um, people who weren't so worried about uh, how much how, how business savvy I was or how much of capital language I knew, but that they wanted to see my passion and they wanted to you know they believed in me they they knew that this was something that um, I was going to make happen no matter what. So the first couple were really um, people who I knew, and, and that's kind of where everybody really needs to start finding family. Right. So let's skip now into your first forays into the marketplace. So you've got everything ready. You've got, you know, you've worked out your manufacturing. You've got the investors behind you. What what was your very first store you got into? Or like, what was the very first like, okay, now we've got a purchase order for something or now people are purchasing mm-hmm. this? Like, what right. what was that? And what did that feel like? That was a catalog. I actually started out in catalogs and um, the kind that you get in the mail, in your mailbox. And um, somebody had introduced me to a catalog rep. And I really didn't think that I was going to do much of anything in catalogs. But I thought, well, you know, it's a start. And um, so I just I, uh, got connected with the catalog rep, sent in some samples, sent in some data sheets, you know, just with some information about the product. And... Um, just sent it, and then my rep sent it out to some different catalogs she thought it might be a good fit for. Next thing you know, I'm getting an email, and, <clears throat> you know, they're ordering a case of 60. I'm like, no, wait a minute. Is this an order? <laughs> I'm looking at the email, I'm like, oh my God, this is an order. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> wow. I didn't even recognize it when I first saw it. I'm looking at the email at Cockeye. Like, huh? <laughs> what are they asking me for? <laughs> That's fantastic. So you went, yeah. you went from uh, catalogs, and then you um, ha- talk a little bit about how you got on uh, on TV. Talk a little bit about how you got on QVC. Well, so so my plan was to sell in catalogs and to sell online just through my website, and eventually, and I also uh, got on Amazon.com to sell and. Uh, after that, the plan was to do a DRTV infomercial and sell that way. So, of course, infomercials are notorious for, um, you know, it's like winning the lottery if you really 
<laughs> can get one to work right. and make money for you and, and do actually do something. Um, so, but I just really felt like I had that one in a million type of product. And we put together an infomercial um, with the investment capital that we had and put it on TV, tested it, and it didn't do so well. Um, a lot of times when you test infomercials, they get aired in the middle of the night. Um, they get aired on on TV stations that maybe, you know, your demographic really isn't watching. Um, it's just a chance you take to, to try to see if it will work. And you, and you basically buy remnant space. Um, you purchase uh, just TV airtime that is kind of left over. That's why it's so cheap. And that's mm-hmm. why, and, and, and you do, you don't want to spend a lot of money when you're trying to test because, you know, so, so you, it's really difficult. And so our testing didn't go very well. But what did happen was somebody from QVC saw, happened to see us on TV. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, so <laughs> we, even though the infomercial didn't work, QVC saw it. And so next thing you know, I'm uh, getting a message from someone from QVC uh, on LinkedIn. Apparently, they just searched for my product and searched for me and found me on LinkedIn and wanted to connect and said, hey, you know, uh, I saw your infomercial. Um, um, I'd like to get your product on QVC. And that was just like the little message on LinkedIn. I'm like, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing like, what? Is this an order? What? Yeah. Is this from QVC? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even believe it. I thought it was just somebody just trying to, um, I just really didn't think that the person had any credibility. And I, so I thought, oh, what the heck? Okay. So I, I accepted the connection and uh, he asked if he could call me on the phone, if we could talk. I'm like, okay, talk to the phone. And sure enough. Um, he got me like within a week or two, got my product in front of QVC buyer and, um, they liked it. Wow. And next thing you know, we had purchase orders and we were going on with QVC regularly and, uh, doing great. We had just wonderful, uh, host and spokesperson and, um, our demos, uh, worked out really well and we were able to get our provability through QVC because the QVC customers were buying it. They liked it. They saw the, the value of the product. Um, they clearly had the need for, for, for something like Green Glider. And, you know, they set all the same pain points. Um, right. You know, our, our, our target demographic is mothers and small children and pet owners. These are people who are cleaning the floors more than anybody else. Well, a lot of those same people can be found on QVC. But surprisingly enough, a lot of men bought it as well. So, um, you know, I think basically who we thought were going to be our brand champions um, ended up being people, anybody who owns a Swiffer, who's tired of, of, of the waste of money, right. who's tired of the poor performance you get from the disposable pads, and tired of littering the landfills. You know, so we solve all of those problems all with one product, and... I think the best thing was that we saved money because of the way the economy um, has unfolded lately. Um, and, and so, yeah, so, so we, we did, we sold really well on QVC, which was the provability that we needed to, um, to, to take to retail because until you're in retail, you're not in retail yet. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you know, they always want to know, uh, so where else are you selling? What other stores are you in? Well, I'm not in any stores, but I'm selling on QVC. Right. Oh, really? Well, how did you do on QVC? You know, it's, it's, it's like the next best thing. Right. That's very so, true. I mean, because it yeah. has a brand. So, like, what would what yeah. would a typical, like, order day for you look like on QVC? Like, how many units would you sell? 
Well, we would sell, um, oh gosh, you know, probably about, about $30,000 in, in, do about thirty thousand dollars in sales in wow. about seven minutes. Wow! And Holy cow! Yeah. So, um, uh, and we sold them in two packs. So it would be about fifteen. It would be about uh, fifteen thousand. I'm sorry, fifteen hundred sales. Uh, three thousand three thousand units. Three thousand gotcha. single units, but they were sold in two packs. So it'd be fifteen uh, fifteen hundred two packs. Got it. Okay. In, you know, yeah, in, in uh, like seven minutes. So you had something incredibly exciting happen to Green Glider this past, and uh, not even this past year. I mean, it started last year in 2014, but it went into effect here in 2015. Talk a little bit about your forays into retail. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I the, the ultimate goal for any type of consumer product, I think, is, is getting on the shelf because that's where 90% of your sales are going to come from. You know, many sales will come from uh, online uh, sales channels, but really, <clears throat> that's where you want to be, especially if you're, if you're a cleaning product, because that's where people go. They shop for their groceries and and other items in big box, and they they go and they pick up their uh, they pick everything up at once. Um, you know, all their cleaning products, any type of um, you know, just household needs, household items, and. So, so I was ready for retail and just looking for representatives and people to get me in front of buyers. Um, and I, I was doing that. Uh, but one thing that actually happened to me uh, um, that actually was, was and this is an answer to a question like, hey, how did you get into retail? Uh, before we were even ever in retail, I had a lady who had this one QVC and contacted me through, found an email, went to my website and, and contacted me to see how, you know, she could save on shipping and if we were going to be running any specials anytime soon. And it turns out that it was an elderly lady who was probably in her 70s, uh, mid-70s, and she really wanted some attention. She wanted some one-on-one help because she wanted to save money. Um, you know, they're on fixed incomes and then, people are retired so I was helping her and you know she really couldn't understand um or she 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 really wanted to purchase the product but she wanted to um try it out first and so I said well you know what let me just send you one let me just send you one of 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 our green gliders and if you like it then you know you can make more purchases she said oh that'd be great because I I like it so I'm gonna buy them for all my friends so she um, received the product. She loved it. And she sent me a check for 14 more. So I'm thinking, wow, 14 mop pads. All right. <laughs> yeah, so she had a lot of cleaning to do, but she kept them for herself. And then she gave them to um, a lot of her other friends who are retired. And as it turned out, it ended up, my product ended up, Green Glider ended up being a, 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 a very useful uh, item for many of these people who are shut in, who can't get to the stores to buy the disposable mop pads over and over. People who have a hard time cleaning their floors due to, you know, physical disabilities. Um, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, the Green Glider mop pad was just really, really useful for them, as 
the older demographic, which I never really considered um, retired people as being part, but, you know, they want to save money just like the rest of us, I suppose, and they they have floors as well. Um, (laughs) So I... Uh, I sent her the 14 green gliders. She sent it to her friends. The friends all loved them. She loved them. And she <clears throat> would contact me to tell me how much it's really helped her and a lot of her, uh, her friends. And she started telling me about some of the problems that her uh, retired friends have and uh, health issues. And she started to tell me about the um, failing health of her husband and really kind of just wanted somebody to listen to her, I, I suppose, in the end, um, but really appreciated this, you know, just by sending her one to begin with, and so she just told me how much she loved it and how it uh, worked so well for her, and the next thing you know, a couple of weeks later, I get an email from her son, and he emails me and says, hello, you know, I, I, um, told me his name and said, I hear you were very kind to my mother. He says, I, I live out of town, and I'm just here visiting, and she showed me your product, and she told me that she loved it, and all of her friends loved it, and um, so I'm here from Bentonville, Arkansas. By the way, I get products in Walmart. How would you like to get in front of the buyer? Nice. Like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? <laughs> and, and, and sure enough, he was who he said he was, and... Um, we tried to contact the uh, the buyer, and we got an appointment in one day. And uh, I went to Bentonville, Arkansas. I presented to the buyer of Walmart. He loved the product. He saw the need. He saw that uh, the Green Glider was going to bring customers back to his category, customers who had left because they were tired of buying the disposables and refused to continue being a slave to the refills. Right. So this was something that they didn't sell. Um, they, they, they didn't have a product that uh, could fit universally onto the Swiffer, the Libin, the O-Cedar, the Clark's Mop, you know, because my product is adjustable. It has adjustable Velcro straps, so you can attach it to any of these mops. Right, right. And so, so you know, he, he saw the, the need for something like this. Plus, you know, the, you know Walmart's motto is uh, save money, live better. Well, Consumers certainly weren't paying me and they weren't living better by buying boxes of disposables constantly. So, and plus, they Walmart is also very, um, you know, they have uh, sustainability initiatives, and you know, certainly the disposable pads are not sustainable. So here we were offering something to his customers that was going to save them money, help them live better, and be a sustainable option, a better option, and so. I, I went in, I pitched, and um, he invited me back for a second meeting where I showed my marketing plan and how we were going, how we were going to uh, support, um, you know, our, our product once we were on the shelves. And uh, after all of that, uh, we got the, the thumbs up. Yes, so we became, uh, I, I became a uh, supplier, and um, now we are on the shelves hundreds of Walmarts. Wow. How many How many Walmarts total? Because I just saw on your Facebook page that they actually, um, they put you into, I think, 49 more stores all of a sudden? Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they, they put us into less than 300 stores. Now we're in over 300 stores. Wow. Wow, that's fantastic. That's, and, and that just... Grow from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, so what what milestones do you have to hit with Walmart in order to now be into more stores? Like, is there a certain like you have to sell X amount of product per month in order to now go into more stores? Yeah, you, you would sell. Um, I think the goal is uh, two per week per store. Okay. Two green light and per week per store as an average. And, you know, and once people realize that we're there, um, and we're on the shelf, uh, as a new product, because right now people don't go into the stores looking for something like that. Cause they're not used to seeing it. They're right. used to going in there and purchasing that dreaded box of disposables over and over. Well, now in the Swiffer section is the green glider mop pads and it's just, uh, just a better option and alternative to what they've been used to. So I think that we're going to uh, be able to bring consumers a lot of relief. So what kind of marketing do you have to, to drive people there if they don't know that it's really there yet? So what, what is the big marketing plan that, or some of the major strategies that you're using to get people there? Well, um, in the, initially because we are in, um, you know, we're not in all stores. It's kind of a tricky thing because you don't want to, um, you don't want to try to get marketing out there and people are going into the stores you're not in looking for the product and then it's not there. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, yeah. So it's it's kind of, um, it's, it's kind of tricky. Uh, so, so basically before we're in all stores or in the majority of stores, a lot of online marketing, um, we're, we're really um, focusing on, you know, just promoting the, the Green Ladder website, doing blogging, social networking, spreading the word through uh, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, um, you know, just reaching out to our target uh, markets um, and letting them know that we're there, the moms forums, mommy bloggers, uh, just being able to get... Uh, <clears throat> Get people to talk about it. Spread the word. Let I mean, you know, everybody's um, is a Swiffer or a, a Swiffer knockoff, and nobody likes the disposables. So, you know, we're, uh, being able to spread the word uh, through social media is very important at this stage. Um, we also do uh, Facebook ads, um, pay-per-click campaigns. Um, you know, we can uh, we all be tagging Walmart in any type of online advertising that we do. Right. Um, also, there's, a, there's press releases. So um, press releases that we are now ready to uh, put out there will, um, you know, tell people to, you know, if they want to know if we're in a Walmart store, they can come to either our website or our Facebook page, and we're going to have a list of all the stores that are there. Um, you know, so, so that's really... Uh, uh, Online form participation right. um, is another way, um, you know. But until we get into more stores, being able to put out coupons and promoting, uh, doing actual promotion and advertising um, is a little tricky because that's what we don't want to happen is we don't want people to go into uh, stores and be disappointed. Um, so once we're in more stores, then we'll be able to do uh, advertise in uh coupons, circulars, um, similar things as to like freestanding inserts like and, and like the Parade Magazine. Uh, we'll be able to do marketing uh, through like Valpac, um, you know, uh, magazine ads, 
uh, also something called shelter events, which is really neat, where you can actually hire um, somebody to go out to, like maybe the the the, the large cities uh, where our uh, product is featured or and sold in uh, Walmart's there, where they will actually it's called a roaming shopper intercept program, where people can actually uh, when they're in the aisles, there's actually a person there. Uh, handing out coupons, saying, hey, you know, take a look at this, you know, um, this is something new, this is something different, something you're probably not used to, but guess what? It's going to save you money. And it's like a cheerleader for hire in the aisles, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. exactly. And it's a little expensive, but, you know, once you start to get into more stores, you know, it's worth it to... Um, get the attention. You know, yeah, get the attention, um, you know, uh, and also once we're in more stores, I mean, this is kind of like the plan versus what we can actually do now. Right. Um, but, but you know, really, this is a groundbreaking product. Uh, the combination of microfiber and chamois has not been done before, and it makes perfect sense to bring these two very popular uh, materials together um, and, and put them into a product with an already existing massive market that's in place yeah. at this moment. So TV appearances as um, mompreneur, um, uh, uh mom and venture people are very uh interested in in my story so um i have a lot of connections through ca space and intend to get on talk shows and right. be, be one of these women who you see um with a product that you know went from concept to retail yep. uh, radio appearances um magazine articles again um you know I, I am writing a book and the book will be something that um, we come out with next year on my journey. And I think this is also going to really bring a lot of, ten- of attention to Green Glider because my journey is something that doesn't happen every day, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're doing it yourself. You know, if you're somebody who's got uh, family members um, who have a lot of money or, or people uh, in your family who've got a lot of connections, <clears throat> and can really kind of pioneer your product for you or with you. That's one thing. But when you're starting out with nothing and building everything and making all the mistakes yourself, and it's taking you twice as long, and, you know, and costing more than you ever thought. And you actually get there. It's, it's really, um, it's, it's something to, that people want to hear about. It's, some, it's a story that needs to be told. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's been a tremendous story for you, Tanya. And I really want to thank you for being here and for sharing it with us. It's uh, it's really cool to capture this in the moment of where you are now. And it's so much further along than where you were a couple of years ago. But I know that yeah. <laughs> I know that it's going. This is going to be like a little stepping point as to where you are, even a year a year from now. So, um, so exactly. thank yeah, which is exactly. exciting, which is so exciting. Because we're getting ready to um, we're getting ready to present to. Other stores, I mean, we've already presented to Bed Bath & Beyond, um, uh, Meyer. we're getting ready to present to Target and um, Lowe's, uh, Whole Foods, uh, Costco, you know, so, so I mean, we're, we're just, uh, this is something that can be sold at all of these stores, and, you know, this time next year, we're going to really be uh, growing by leaps and bounds, and it's... Um, you know, that, that this is just really the beginning. Everything yeah. I've done has brought me to this place. Mm. And, and we're, we, you know, we're, and what we're, we're, the attention's 
uh, for the company is to build up the brand. You know, Green Glider is the next household brand to sweep the nation. Uh-huh. <laughs> build up the brand, build up the, yeah, build up the company. Um, you know, our motto is end the disposable trend. You know, and, and this is something that uh, I think a lot of people believe in. We get, we have, we've got a lot of followers and a lot of people who really love um, the product already. So we have follow-up products. We're building up the company and the brand to eventually um, sell it. And so that our investors and so that I can, uh, we can have our, our return on investment, our ROI, and, um, and that's their plan in three, hopefully within three years. Love it. Well, Tanya, again, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. Oh, you're welcome. I think my overall takeaway from this conversation is just to connect yourself. Um, She had so many things that happened out of coincidence and out of, that kind of came out of the blue. The Walmart connection came out of the blue, you know, and I'm using air quotes when I'm saying this. Um, The QVC thing came out of the blue, but it really didn't come out of the blue. It came, it came because she was connected to people. She put herself out there and she kept pushing forward and she was just nice and, you know, wants, is passionate about making her business work. So she puts her business out there. She puts herself out there. She's a nice person. She connects herself. She networks. She gets the information she needs. And that is how she's grown her business and why all of these great things are happening. So wonderful words of encouragement and a great example of why you really need to be out there, bold with your business, connecting with people all the time, being helpful to people, and it all just circles back around. So loved, loved that story from Tanya. Hope you loved it too. If you want to see her green gliders, go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 173. And uh, I'll have a direct link there on the show notes page so you can see Tanya with a green glider and uh, get connected on her website to be able to get some for yourself. Um, All right. I hope you have an awesome day. I hope you really got something out of this conversation and uh, can't wait to see you on the next episode. (laughs) 